0: I'm excited uh, this morning to go ahead and share with you this new sermons series that I've entitled, There Goes the Neighborhood. And it, it's so weird because I'm so used to my iPad, right? We're, we're uh, technology individuals, and my iPad kind of went wacko today, and so I couldn't transfer my notes into my iPad, so now I'm using actually pieces of paper, right? And so I'm over here trying to move the paper with my hand. So if you see me doing that, that means I'm still try- I'm still trying to adjust back to the old ways of utilizing a piece of paper in front of me. So uh, again, so uh, I'm excited because it's, it's uh, about this particular uh, series because it consists of stepping out of the norm and leads us into God's perspective concerning neighboring. So God has called us to be or to love our neighbor, and uh, we we sometimes we we either practice it or we don't. But God has called us into that excellency of wanting to know or getting to know who our neighbors. And so uh, as children of God, we must understand that he created us right with the heart of neighboring. We were created to love our neighbors. We were created to love one another. Uh, And so. Uh, As we read there, if you turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10, if you brought your Bibles, if you have uh, uh, social media, your iPhones, iPads, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And again, understanding the fact that we were created to have a heart of neighboring. Uh, God has called us to step out of the four walls of the local church, He has called us to step out of our homes, out of our work areas, out of our schools. To be able to be there and to serve our neighbors, to love our neighbors, to love one another. That's what He has called us to do. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 tells us, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, right? To help, to serve, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have been called, we have been created to do good works, to be there for our neighbor, to love one another, to care for one another, to lift each other up, to uh, help each other out when we're going through situations in life. God has, uh, uh, from the very beginning of time, created us to have a heart of neighboring. So he created us to do good works uh, for who, right? Well, our fellow man, right? Those that are around us, those that that we know every day, Uh, uh, those that, that are constantly around us, uh, he's called us to do good works for strangers, right? We meet strangers every day. There are people around us that we don't absolutely know, but God has called us to have a heart, right, of generosity or a heart of neighboring for those strangers, those that we don't know. God has actually created us to do. Uh, also for those that are in need, those that are in need of either a physical need as far as food or something else, maybe financially. Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they're going through things in life. But God has called us, right? He has created us to have this heart of neighboring, to share, to be there for them and to encourage them. Uh, also, not only for the needy, but also for the elderly, for the widows, uh, the homeless, right? We, we've seen a huge increase in the homeless population. As a matter of fact, if you go, go down right here on, uh, I think this is uh, on, on uh, Cumberland Road, and right on the right at the light on Cumberland and Congress, you will see a whole setup of a house, right, with the homeless. Uh, I think, as a matter of fact, they're, they're actually uh, a shop now that they fix bicycles. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's created. So there, but how many of you guys know that they are in need? Come on. You know, sometimes it's very difficult and very hard for us to understand the fact that, well, why is it that they they, they take advantage of, of community? They take advantage of a lot of individuals. They take advantage. But listen, God has called you and I to a different level. He has called us to a specific way of loving our neighbor, right? The homeless, those that are in need. We need to pray for them, encourage them, be there for them, and present the gospel to them in any means that we can. And of course... God created us to do good works, not only for all those, but also for our neighbors, our community, where we live at. Uh, uh, I know that for many of us, uh, we live in communities where people are called to hibernate. They're called, they hibernate, right? Meaning the fact that they go to work, they go to school, uh, and right after that, they come home, they go into their doors, and they never come out again until the next day. They are hibernating, right? Right. But God has called us, right, to, uh, to uh, have a heart of neighboring, to be there for them, to show them good works. Uh, and so if you go with me to the book of Matthew, starting in, in, in chapter 21, uh, really this is kind of like the intro of what I want to share with you today uh, in developing this heart of, of neighboring. Uh, we read in the account there of Jesus kind of traveling, kind of give you a little breakdown of what's happening Jesus uh, is traveling into Jerusalem, and after receiving this joyous welcome, right? We, we do it, we talk about this during the time of Easter, right? It's, it's, it's the, the time when Jesus goes into Jerusalem and they sing Hosanna, right? They, they lay the palm leaves. And so it's during this time that we see this account happening. And after rejoicing a a joyful celebration, it says that the very first thing that Jesus wants to do is he wants to go to the temple. He goes to the place that the Father has sent him, one of the places where he knows that he can develop right this heart of neighboring, this place where he knows that he can go and communicate. Uh, So Scripture tells us, That uh, uh, while he's traveling, he enters the temple and he finds these individuals or the people there. They are distracted and he becomes upset. If you read there, continue to read there in the scriptures uh, by by them having worldly possessions uh, or looking at worldly possessions instead of right heavenly works. So then he demonstrates good works by performing several miracles once he turns the tables over, right, as we read within the Scriptures. He gets upset. But the very first thing that he does after that is that he goes and he makes or he performs miracles, right? He, he, he takes the step of being able to have a heart of neighboring, to help somebody in need. How many of you guys know that we've been called to help those that are in need? I'm looking at Ms. Lily over here because that's one of the hearts that she has. I know that she works for uh, EMT. And uh, so she's constantly, constantly uh, receiving calls to uh, help those that are in need. You have to have a heart to be able to be an EMT individual. I know that I don't have the, uh, the, the actual heart sometimes to even watch blood, right? When, when uh, you see operations, something, you know, I cut myself. Uh, I don't, yeah, but you have to have a very special calling for that. And Jesus understood what it was to help those in need. We have been called as individuals to help those that are in need. There are many times that there's individuals, strangers, people, family, friends that we tend to think that, you know, they have it covered, that somebody else is going to help them. Somebody else is going to do this. And I'm here to remind you, according to the scriptures, that we have been given a heart of neighbor and that we have been called to help those individuals. Let us not wait on everybody else, but let us take the initiative to be able to help those when there is need. And uh, I know that sometimes you may say, well, you know, Pastor, there might be individuals that are constantly Always asking for help. Listen, if God has given you the means to do it, then help them. Come on. We must understand how many times do we cry out unto the Lord, God, help me. I'm in need. I'm going through something in life. God was to say, well, you know what? That's quite a bit. That's a lot of need. You know, this is like one, two, three. This is about the fourth time this week that you've called on me, so I don't think I'm going to do that. No, that's not the kind of God we serve. Right. It's not the kind of God that lives within us. So God has called us to have. And Jesus begins to perform these miracles during this chapter. It also tells us that the leaders of the law during this time, that they begin to look at Jesus as a threat. They, they begin to look at him as a threat because he began to take popularity. He began to take away their popularity. He began to take away the, 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 the means of the people coming to them and they were going toward Jesus. And, and it says that, that he was a threat. Right. Uh, and uh, so I could honestly probably say that this is where the very first term there goes the neighborhood came from. Right. From the leaders of the law. They would see Jesus come into the temple and it says, oh, man, there goes the neighborhood. Right. Here comes the one, the uh, Jesus or the Messiah. He's going to try to take over. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 21, verse 15, it tells us that they were in uh, indigent. Right. They were they were angry at him for what he was doing. And then we continue to read there in chapter twenty-one. It says in in the next few verses, it says that Jesus exposes them, right? Exposes. How many of you guys know that that's what the Holy Spirit does, right? It uh, or or Christ comes, it exposes our sin, right? It exposes our sins. Christ. It says that that He comes, right? And uh, uh, and they were upset. So in the, in the it says that He they 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 took or they they it was they looked at the outside outside. Um, Sorry, I'm so used to my other notes. So he exposes them, uh, who they really were, and uh, he did this through parables and stories, right? Uh, Then they they look legit on the outside, but on the inside, right, their their hearts were full of selfishness and pride. So, So Jesus exposes who they really are. See, their strategy was to trap him by questioning his authority in who he was uh, and, and knowledge concerning the law during that time. So it's here that we find a reminder that there are two major commandments that Christ Jesus shared with these individuals during that time that we must or I believe that we should apply for us today for us to understand and to know that we must accept a heart, right, of neighboring. These are two main commandments that Jesus Shared with them that day. As a matter of fact, the leader of the law begins to question Jesus. And he asks them this particular question in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 36 through 39. And it reads this way. This is the leader of the law speaking to Jesus. He says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus looks at him and replies, well, first, love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And then second, he says, "It's like it: love your neighbor as yourself." How many of you guys here uh, love yourselves quite a bit? Right? I know that you. I know there's plenty more because I see you when you guys do your selfies a lot. You love yourself really more than what you're admitting, right? So the second commandment, he says, is love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, it's a fact that you can separate God. Listen, it's a fact that you can separate God from loving, or that you that you can't separate God from loving people. Okay? There's no way God loves us unconditionally. Okay? But it is possible. To love man and not to love God. But it is impossible to love God and not demonstrate love for people. See, it's easy for us to love ourselves and at times not love God because we blame Him for so many things. But it is impossible for us to say that we love Him and not love people because if we love God, then we love people. Come on. Right. So let us remember loving God and loving people uh, uh, or our neighbors are something that you and I, we were created to do. Right. From the beginning of time. As a matter of fact, it says that God in his wonderful plan, in his wonderful mercy for our lives. Right. Uh, uh, Predestined us. Right. In our life. In history. Way before we created, He knew exactly what He wanted to do with us. He knew exactly where He wanted you to place you. He knew exactly where He wanted you today, right? In 2019, wherever you're at, whatever home, whatever location, wherever you're at, if you're at school, if you're at home, if you're at work, where you're at, God has specifically has placed you there from the beginning of time. Isn't that awesome to know? And he has done that so that we can follow these two main commandments. One is to love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our might. That's the very first thing. In order for us to understand what true, what what having a heart of true neighboring is, is for us to understand how much truly God loves us. And if we understand that and if we accept that, then the second commandment is like it then now the, the love that God has demonstrated to us because we were once sinners, now we can demonstrate that same kind of love for our neighbors, for those around us, for those that, that we uh, uh, love as well. Can you say amen? See, in Acts chapter 17, it tells us that Paul the Apostle speaks to the people in Athens during this time. And it's concerning one the one and true God and how He alone Right. Predetermined our, our future. So he there's these individuals in the in, here in, in Acts uh, chapter 17. They have created they had uh, uh, formed many idols. As a matter of fact, there was this one particular area that said the unknown God. And Paul lets them speak and he comes in and he begins to share with them and begins to show them that, listen, this, What you guys are talking about are gods that don't exist or gods that are dead or gods that are only temporary. But I'm here to introduce you to the one and only true God who is alive. And so this was Paul here in this time. So Acts chapter 17, verse 24 and 26, as a matter of fact, this is what he wrote. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and of earth and does not live in temples built by human hands he is not served by human hands as if needed anything rather he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked or, or marks out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their He marked out, right, there are pointed times in history. He has placed you where you're at today so that you can understand, first of all, the love that he has for you. Second, the love that you must demonstrate for those that are around you. Those are your neighbors. And Paul states that not only did God create the earth here, But he gave us breath and life. And at some point in history, it says that he uh, predetermined when we would live and where we would live. Right. And so uh, you are where you are today. Not out of coincidence, not out of chance, but it was determined by God in some point in history in the beginning. God has placed you specifically where you're at to understand that He loves you. And this great love that He has for you, we are to to demonstrate that kind of love for our neighbors, for those around us, for the loss, for the hurting. The same kind of love that He showed you and me is the same kind of love that we should pour into others. Can you say amen? You see, you live and you work exactly where God intended you to be. Or do you believe that God's eternal plan, right? Right? Do you believe that His eternal plan for you was to have a great job, have a a good education, to buy a house, maybe to make money, to have the car that you wanted, maybe to have that 401K and to retire very early, right? Go and live at the beach and then just die. That's not what He created us for. He created us to love one another. Can you say amen to that? He created us to, uh, uh, to be there for one another. Right. Uh, That that he has uniquely formed us for such a time as this. God has has placed us and has made us who we are as an individual and who you are to be able to help those that are in need. There are plenty of other individuals that are going through some of the things that you and I have been through in the past. I, I can think of a handful of individuals that probably that I know That uh, that are either my neighbors, uh, there in my community, or neighbors where I used to work, or my schoolmates, wherever I may be, I know that there is someone, at least one, that has been through some of the things that I have been through in the past. That I have been called specifically for me to be at that place, at that moment, at that time to share my story of what God has done for me, that this same loving God that that loves me, that I can share it with others around me the same way. And so you live and you work exactly where God has placed you, right? And and, and so uh, I believe that God has uniquely formed us, right, for such a time. Isaiah 64, 8 tells us, yet you, Lord... Our Father, we are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work in your hand. I honestly believe that God has formed you, created you so unique in your own different ways that you can be there to help somebody in need that knows, that you know exactly that they're going through the same thing. There are some places, there are some people that you can reach that I will never be able to reach there are some individuals in certain jobs and work at school that you will be able to take the message of the gospel to that I may never be able to do because it's a gift. It's the place that God has placed you in. Now, every once in a while, God has to kind of step in and intervene because we're not doing our job. Do you guys know that? Sometimes God says, okay, if, if, if it's you, if you don't want to, if, you're, if, you, if you don't have the desire Right. Then sometimes God steps in and he places others, individuals and other things to be able to do the work that God has has ordained for it to go or the gospel to move forward. So loving God and loving your neighbor is not a suggestion. It is what we were created for to go out where you live, to go to your work and attend uh, and attend school and to demonstrate God's love for all your neighbors. The heart of neighboring is this, okay? One, it's compassionate. For us to demonstrate the heart of neighboring is to have compassion for those who are in need. Just as many of us as parents have compassion for our kids, right? As they continue to grow, they fall down. What we want to do is we want to pick them up, cuddle them up, say, oh, you know, so sorry you, you had to hurt that. One thing that I never understood is why do parents rub the place where the person has fallen? <laughs> ah, right. The kids crying even more. <laughs> but we have a tendency to do that because we want to hold them, right? We we want to let them, we want to comfort them, right? And, and, and so, uh, the 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 heart of neighboring is for us to show compassion. That's the very first thing that we must understand: is we must have this heart of compassion. God, Christ as he was there at the temple, showed compassion to those that were hurting, those that were lame, those that couldn't see, those that that couldn't speak. He he would go and he had this compassion about them that he would see not on the outside and how dirty and, and how filthy they looked, but he looked at the inside of the heart and how much of a need they were in. They needed a Savior. They needed salvation, but they also needed healing. And so for us to understand the heart of compassion that God has given to us that since God lives within us, there must be we must understand that it's compassionate. The heart of neighboring is comprehensive. It's for all. It's it's for everyone. It's not just for the ones that we look at and we think it. okay, that's the one I want to go to. Right. That's the one I want to share with. Well, that one looks like he's got pretty good money. So I think if I go over there, they might be able to help me out every once in a while. Right. It's not. It doesn't work that way right the heart of neighboring is it's for everyone it's it's for all those that are around us those that are around you on that specific time that moment that day wherever you may be it's we must demonstrate this love that God has demonstrated for us for those around us when when people cut in line right right people cut in line especially if you're at Ross <laughs> ladies right? I, I've never seen so many people, you know, in line than, than in Ross, right? It's like being at a, an amusement park, Juan, where you trying—you have to wait for hours just to go and, you know, and then it doesn't fit, and then all that for nothing, right? But it's for all. We've been called, right? The heart of neighboring is for everyone around you, right? It's not only a uh, 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 uh but uh, uh, for us to to do if we want to, but it's really a command that God gives us. He says, Look, love just as I have loved you, love others, show them, guide them, uh, allow them to understand what it is to to know what the gospel, live it in your life and demonstrate it, love on them, care for them right uh, uh the heart uh the heart of neighboring is also life-giving. Listen, I promise you that if we if you take the time to help somebody out, I promise you that it's life-giving. You're giving life to someone. You're showing someone kindness. You're demonstrating what God has given to you and there is life in it. There is life. It's also a privilege. Listen, as children of God, we have been given this privilege to know what it is to be loved unconditionally. Isn't that awesome? That God would love me, a nobody, unconditionally. That to know that this kind of love that He has given me, I can demonstrate it to those who seem to have hurt me in the past. Or, or, or who talk about me. Right? Or, or, or have done things against me. It's that kind of love that I can demonstrate for others. It's a privilege for us. It's essential. We must love one another. We must love one another. Right? And so the the heart of neighboring is also authentic. It's real life. This is what God has called us to do. Would you stand with me here this morning? You see, the Word tells us that you and I, me and you, we we will never really know or or know what it is to live a fulfilling life, right? Until we know that, that, that we are fulfilling God's will within our lives, right? Living that we are, that what we were created to do. We will never understand what really is fulfillment in life. We can go to the ends of the earth. We can, we can get all the education that we want. We can, we can have the best job that we've ever wanted. We can make more money than we can ever think of, right? But the only way that we will truly understand what it really means for us to know what to live life is for us to know that God has called us to love our neighbor. Love one another. It's such a simple word, it's such a a word that we use constantly, but sometimes we don't really think about what it truly means to love one another, to demonstrate love, to take the time to help someone in need. Sometimes we're so busy, we've got so much going on that we have a tendency to miss opportunities where we can be of service to someone. God has brought us together to come and unite together so that we can learn from the Scriptures and be reminded that God loved us so much that He sent His one and only Son so that you and I, right? So that no one would perish, so we would have eternal life, so that He would pay the ultimate price It's that kind of love that he demonstrates for you and I that we are called on a daily basis, right? On a daily basis to demonstrate that same kind of love that he has given to us for those out in community. What's the challenge? I want to challenge you every week. The challenge that I want to challenge you is that during this, starting today, If there is someone that's a stranger that you're at or a place that you're at, remember this. Remember that God has called us to have a heart of neighboring. And look around you. Don't put blinders on because a lot of times we like to put blinders when we go places, right? We put blinders. And so if we're going to go to one specific place, We put these blinders, and all we're doing is we're just concentrating forward and where we're going and what we're going to do. Can I ask you, remove those blinders. Look around you. Maybe there's a family member. Maybe there's a spouse, child. Maybe there's a neighbor. Maybe there's a complete stranger. Maybe there's been somebody that you haven't really received a text from in weeks months listen God has called us to love each other to have a heart of neighboring let us not spend the rest of our lives believing loving temporary idols but let us love the one and only true God. This is the greatest commandment. To love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then the second is exactly the same reflection. Love your neighbor as you love yourself.